are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Merry Christmas, Matt. Merry Christmas, Adam. I can't believe it's Christmas today. Or yesterday, or whenever you're listening to this. It's, it's today. It's, it's around the day. If you're following the reading, welcome to Fed by Ravens. You're listening to day 359 of the reading, which is Christmas. And 360. And 360, the day after Christmas. So we're all playing with our new toys. But we're so glad you joined us. We're so glad Jesus came in a state of humility. He came as a little sweet baby, not in his full divinity, as we're seeing in the book of Revelation. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Good. <laughs> well, surprise, Matt. That could be your first Christmas present. And Jesus came as a baby. That's what we're celebrating. But we're glad you're with us. And uh, let's get right into our OT. Our Old Testament reading for today is Nehemiah chapter 3 through chapter 7, verse 3. Mm. A little Christmas magic. Oh. Well, Merry Christmas to Nehemiah. Well, yes. Because in chapter 3, he's done all the setup work, and it's taken years to get the permission, to get the letters, to go out, to handle the jeering of Sanballat and Tobias, the surrounding leaders, and he's done his investigative prayer walk, and mm-hmm. he's inspired the people, and boom, chapter three. The high priest rose up with the brothers and the priests, and they built. They started building. Yeah. It's pretty exciting for any leader, especially Nehemiah, who it was the cupbearer for King Artaxerxes, and now he's out here helping his people just as a faithful governor, really. Mm-hmm. And so they start building, and with each little section, you got like the sheep gate, the fish gate, the dung gate. Mm-hmm. You realize uh, they're consecrating and blessing. Their homes are like right across. It feels yes. like as you read this, their homes are kind of at the wall, but they're yeah. like across from their homes. So mm-hmm. their houses aren't built into the wall, mm-hmm. but they're they're really um, vulnerable. Right. Um, but they're protecting the temple. Their houses are protecting these things, a layer of it. And so they each kind of get to work on their own section section of the wall and so it goes through the list of all these people and you start to think oh no another kind of almost like a genealogy a list yep but i didn't know who all these people were but i think that's kind of the point they are all traced back we've to somebody Mm -hmm. who was there but the point here is that there are people and they are getting to work you know that moment where you're like you have the energy it takes time like like Mm -hmm. for me it's christmas lights are we going to do Christmas lights this year? Uh, and this year around Thanksgiving, I'm like, all of a sudden, I woke up on that Friday after Thanksgiving and I had the energy. I'm right. like, we're going to make this beautiful. Mm-hmm. Get the day off. Let's do it. And I'm on the roof doing it. And that's how I feel about the people of God here. They're going, we have a leader who's worked us up. We, we can do it. We have all the things we need. Let's go rebuild it. And you start to restore the sense of dignity. You're kind of building up your own <clears> walls <throat> of, of meaning and purpose. And you're a part of something bigger than you were. It's not just hopelessness. There's hope. You're, mm-hmm. you're building the walls. And so the, the quality of life is improving, and Nehemiah is the guy. Yeah, it's really cool, too, like, seeing, like, once you kind of go through the list of names and you recognize all the different um, people that are working on it, yeah. and it's like the high priests, uh, just the regular priests, goldsmiths, perfumers, rulers of the districts, Levites, mm-hmm. temple servants, and merchants are all rallying together to work on this great project for their own good. Which is what the people of God do 
under the word of God and under the leadership of people that God has appointed. And yeah. so you even, this is almost like a nice little image of the church today. Mm-hmm. We all get to work on our own sections of the wall yeah. because we make up the church and the body of Christ where God dwells, where he speaks, where he protects, where he prevents, where he blesses and puts his name. And you get this sense of everyone's excited to work on their portion mm-hmm. and everyone's proud of what they're doing. And it's all like related to what they're doing as well. Like, I mean, the priests are working on the sheep gate, which is where the sacrifices would enter in. And you have like the workmen working on the dung gate, which is where the like all the excrement and all the trash would go out. And you just like have all these like cool little things that you're like, oh man, they're all working on their own sections. They're excited about it. And they're like, let's do this. Everything matters. And whatever small, if you're doing the dung gate or the fish gate, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. It's all part of the kingdom of God. And it 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 made me kind of proud to strip away the world's ideas of success and what matters and they're not thinking, oh, uh, mine is the most important, and I have to have no. the strongest part of the wall. And this is the. Mo-. It's like no, no, no. Every little point, part of it matters it's in the kingdom of God. Mattered. It matters. It's thought out, and well, then it's organized. And then, so what happens once you get this energy mat to put the lights up and to work on your house and to fix your life? You immediately <clears throat> face opposition. Opposition. Every time you start to move into life, there's always people who all of a sudden want to make their voices heard on why your work is meaningless and stupid. Yes, and why it's not going to matter. And so that's the voice of San Ballot, who is the current leader of Samaria, Samaria, along with a friend, Tobiah, who is uh, beyond the river. But Mm -hmm. I've learned, you learn later, he's connected to a family in Mm -hmm. Jerusalem through marriage. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there is propaganda and there is... Opposition within the people. So it's very interesting. You kind of get a, a very clear picture of the the pattern that's being revealed in uh, Revelation here. Yes. Is you see how the enemy works. The dragon, Satan, always rises up. A political beast. Mm-hmm. So you have Sambalat and Tobiah working against, saying, like, your walls aren't going to stand. What are you going to actually build? Like, right. were you going to build walls out of the rubble? Like, a their, their little quote is, a fox could stand on your walls and it would crumble. Right. And then you have... And which is how I feel about my Christmas lights. The wind mm-hmm. could blow wrong and the whole thing would fall down. Then you have Be the quiet. second beast or the false prophet who rises up within the people. And there's now, within the people, there's even false prophets saying, the Lord's not with you. This is going against the king. Nothing will stand. It will be destroyed. And they're trying to prove that Nehemiah is a bad leader and leading the people into rebellion. And so it is, I was just, as I was reading this as an overview, I was like, whoa, here's the pattern. It's just being revealed. This is what the enemy always does. Here's what the people of God, their leaders ought to do and Mm -hmm. and do do, which is uh, you have Nehemiah go, first of all, we prayed Mm -hmm. to our God. So we pray. And then he says, we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. Mm-hmm. So here's the pattern. And then he has another prayer. He goes, I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and the rest of the people, do <clears> not <throat> be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, and your wives and your homes. And there's like a two part that if you put it out of order, it's the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. So it's not go out and fight for things and then ask the Lord. Right. You begin by going, Lord, we're on your word. You protect us. You bless everything we do. And now we pick up 
our uh, tools of labor mm-hmm. and we go and do the small things that you've put before us under your blessing first. Right. And so uh, literally he's going to set up a labor. Everybody's going to labor with a shovel in one hand and a spear strapped to their, or a, a sword strapped mm-hmm. to their thigh mm-hmm. on the other side. And so it's, it's, you know, we should start a whole new uh, movement called spear and shovel. Okay. Yeah. And because it, it actually does, you're, they're going to be doing both. Right. So um, the temptation for us is to go one way or the other. It's always, yeah. it's all my work, and then I'll just kind of ask for God to approve it. Or we want to attempt, attempt to make it all spiritual and right. then do nothing. Yes. I ask God to get me here, and now I'm just going to wait around. Yeah. And the reality is we are invited into relationship with God, and in a, any relationship, there's it, all the good work comes from trust and being on the same page and empowerment and so you do pick up the shovel, you do rebuild the wall, and then you'll see it's actually, they're halfway done. Like, I got the picture that they built it, like, halfway up. Yeah, so they, the work stopped for a second just because they were worried that uh, Symbalit was actually going to start raiding them, because mm-hmm. they hear about this. But then they pray to God, they set up, Nehemiah sets up this amazing guard structure, and they just continue working, realizing the Lord's really with us. He's given us a well-equipped leader, and we can do this. And so they start going, and um, they're able to, they do, like, they build up really quickly. As high as they kind like, of can. They, they do, like, half the wall really quickly. And then... Um, Which is easy because you don't have to get on a ladder or, mm-hmm. or get materials up. It's always, there's always a sweet spot in one of the, in these projects where you get a lot done right away. Right. It's the finishing that always kills kills a lot of our projects. He does say when you hear, uh, they're going to sound the trumpet if anything happens and you rally to each other. Right. And then he says, our God will fight for us, which mm-hmm. is so great. That is the punchline for our lives. Like you do the work. I mean, you, you invite God into it, ask for his blessing, do the work. And then remember, our God will fight for us. And then we also see Nehemiah's commitment and he's like doing leadership by example. Yes. He and the guys he brought with him from uh, Susa, they are not really resting. They are totally committed to guarding and protecting and organizing everything that they don't even change their clothes. Right. And they're sleeping out there by the gates and making sure everything's good. And then we get this little aside. Yeah. As during the middle of this labor that all the poor people are starting to freak out. Well, this is the progression of our lives. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you get this promise from God, you get this energy, then you face opposition. Mm-hmm. And you gotta, from outside. From outside, you gotta, you got to deal with that. But then the more you walk with God, you start to realize there's opposition from the inside. Mm-hmm. And that this is the need for weekly, daily confession <clears throat> right. and absolution. And so uh, with Ezra, it was you've all intermarried, which is a very spiritual mm-hmm. thing becoming one with a person who worships idols. For Nehemiah, it's a very political thing, which right. is all your nobles and your priests, you're abusing. You've actually enslaved the people of God with interest. Yes. So they're so far in debt, your own people. And so Nehemiah has to say, look, this is the whole story. God mm-hmm. does not want his people to be enslaved. That's why he gives the inheritance of land and the allotment and so what you're doing is treating everybody like the nations. What's the difference? Right. If they're slaves here or slaves there. And they respond. Yeah. So at this point, the poor people are freaking out because they're having to build this wall, but they're also in debt. They and, don't own their own things and, anymore. And 
it's taking time away from working the land that they have to pay off. And right. so now they're like, what's going on? We're totally, like, we're only getting deeper in debt by doing this. And so Nehemiah confronts the leaders. The leaders turn, and they're like, you're right. We're going to give everyone back their stuff and the interest we've taken from well, them. Well, and Nehemiah is a perfect example because he deserves, as governor, all this food and all these things from the people. And he yeah. says, I'll take way less. He's like, I won't take what I'm supposed to take. And... and- well, I do like he he brings out the priests mm-hmm. uh, for the leaders to make an oath before God to say like we will really return everything to everyone that You're is right. needed. Make an oath, and then Nehemiah goes, "All right, and I'm not going to take what's deserved of me. I'm going to make sure everyone has what they need, and I'm going to be in this with you." Right, which is you know just practically speaking, it's like you and I have done this in ministry mm-hmm. where it's like we're not making them the money that we would deserve across the board, you know, like right, here's right. what you deserve just at this level with this education mm-hmm. experience. But we have entered into stuff like this, not out of a martyr or it's because we feel called to it. God takes care of us mm-hmm. and we're with the people right. in it. And so I do, cause I used to wonder, like I've made the decision similar to this thinking, am I just, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And no doubt it's a mixed up emotional thing, but it's good to see, oh, this is what leaders will do. Right. Take the lead. Well, again, so good is happening. Mm-hmm. So what comes after good? Now that you've dealt with the inside of God's right. people, you've had confession, and the opposition comes again, <clears throat> and it's more insidious. Now the opposition wants to kill the leader of this good change. Yeah, so uh, Tobiah and Sinbalat start sending letters to Nehemiah saying, hey, man, Come, come and meet with us. We want to have a conversation with you about what's going on in the city. Yeah. And Nehemiah instantly is like, this is a trap. Why would I stop the work I'm doing right now to come meet with you guys so you guys can just kill me? Right. He knows through the wisdom of just, it's again, he's a political guy, so he's thinking politically going, yeah. this is an assassination attempt right. because things continue to go well. Right. And it's making the surrounding places so angry that... They're getting stronger. So four times, and then he says, come meet with us, come meet with us. The fifth time, he just straight up does what the demonic always does Mm -hmm. and accuses and says, I'm going to tell on you. Right. I'm going to tell Artaxerxes that you plan on being king. Mm -hmm. You've let the power get to your head. You've sealed up your walls, and now you're going to rebel against the king. Yes. Which would be a fearful, scary thing. Right. Because the way communication goes, too, it's like that letter could go to Artaxerxes, and six months later, they could be knocking on your new walls, Mm -hmm. taking you over, because they just believe it. Mm -hmm. But Nehemiah says, oh, Lord, strengthen my hands. I'm going to keep I'm gonna keep working. He's oh. like, he says, none of the things you say are true. Yes. God's with us. Lord, strengthen me. Let's keep going. But one of Tobiah's guys on the inside yes. tries to... And so this priest. This is how insidious... This is or how, it's a Levite. This is what happens. The war between God and the enemy of God is mm-hmm. so severe that Tobiah gets someone on the inside, mm-hmm. a priest, to say, Nehemiah, come hide in the temple if they do come. Yeah, And it's a trick because if he goes into the temple, he's not supposed to be in there. Mm-hmm. And so he'll be dead by the laws of God right. or, and dead by uh, these enemies. And well, so it's like a Jesus trap, like where they it, try to trap Jesus. It's the perfect trap. So yeah. he says, they're going to come for you tonight. Hide in the temple 
and like the inner parts of the temple, which only the priests were allowed to go into. Right. So by the and he's just a layman, and so by the laws of God, he would be put to death. But then also, he he's been doing such a great job of leading by example that if he shows that he's afraid of yes. uh, ballot and he goes in and hides while all the people are still working. It's now showing that he values his life over the va- life of the people yeah. and that he's not as committed to building the wall as he says he was. And if Ezra's got the law, mm-hmm. there have been kings who, I forget their names right now, but we read about kings yeah. that were great and then they went in and wanted mm-hmm. to be priests. Yes. Or sons of... It yeah, goes back to Korah, right? and all that stuff, yeah. Korah and Miriam and all mm-hmm. that. It goes back to that. And so this is a total trap, but Nehemiah is a wise dude. Yeah. And he, so he recognizes this is a propaganda machine, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, we're going to keep, we're going to keep trusting the Lord." And then, as we get into chapter seven, he actually appoints because he's been there like twelve years now. Yes, he's got to get back to. Well, it. well, he he is there for twelve years, but the building of the wall only takes a short amount of time. So it takes fifty-two days. So in chapter seven, has he completed the walls? Completed, and that's why he's setting up. Hananiah. Yeah, so in chapter, the end of chapter six, they finish the wall completely. Oh, yeah. At the end of chapter six, in 52 days, the all the walls of Jerusalem are completed. The gates aren't fully uh, set up yet, but the walls are, right. are done. Then we get into seven, which I think does um, skip ahead. Mm-hmm. And he then sets up his brothers as governors over the over Jerusalem because he does have to return back. He and, told Artaxerxes that he would only be there for a certain amount of and time. And he says, these are God-fearing men. And he goes, look, here's the deal. Keep the gates locked until the sun is fully up. Mm-hmm. And we see everything clearly. Bar the doors. Uh, appoint guards from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Some at their guard posts and some in the front of their own homes. It's like, yeah. we're not going to let our guard down. Um, Just because we finished it. Our enemies are still out there. Because the enemies will corrupt the leaders, and as the leaders go, so go the people. <clears throat> wow, Nehemiah. You know, it does make you appreciate when the Apostle Paul talks about respecting governing authorities, that mm-hmm. God does give power to people to rule, and we are called to support those who rule in a good way, in a yep. good and orderly way, and if possible, under God's rule. <laughs> Our New Testament reading for today is Revelation chapter 17 through chapter 18, verse 17. Our revelation today. Yes. Well, there's a lot to cover as usual with Revelation, the uh, apocalyptic literature revealing what is actually happening in the mm-hmm. heavenly realm. Uh, and I think it reveals the reality of every generation. Yes. So we're not trying to figure out what's who's this and who's that. You can always figure out. Um, the enemy, and you can he always shows his cards mm-hmm. sooner or later because it's about death and separation and all that horrible stuff. And you can always see the hand of God in his people. So in chapter 17, it's a new... So the seven bowls of wrath were poured out in the fourth scene. Mm-hmm. Now there's a fifth scene of the end times, which is uh, dealing with the Bab- Babylon, the prostitute. Mm-hmm. And... The first thing you need to know is that there's this, well, an angel says, I'm going to show you the judgment of the great prostitute. Right. And she's full of sexual immorality and just kind of lasciviousness, like 
um, materialism, I, idolatry, and, and idolatry, and, yeah. which idolatry always goes with sexual immorality, sexual immorality. Sorry, that was my phone. Uh, that was a special word for today. Sexual immorality and drunkenness and all that kind of stuff is part of the idolatrous mm-hmm. worship. So there she is and her forehead is marked. She's under, it's like, well, here's, here's the real deal. She's basically the prostitute of the, the beast and yes. the dragon. So, um, but she's actually it, riding the beast, right? So the second beast, I think the second beast, which is like the false, the false prophet. prophet. And so all this is to, to cut through all the symbolism is we got another counterfeit woman. Yes. So the woman that God revealed to John who was giving birth to the child, mm-hmm. if you remember, there's this great woman, that's the church. Yes. And she carries the son of God. Now the beast uh, or the dragon has his, his uh two beasts, yeah. the anti-trinity, it's mm-hmm. the fake trinity. Now there's a fake woman, mm-hmm. a fake church. And this represents, uh, she's the harlot because the beast, okay, so you think of kingdoms, powerful people mm-hmm. use cities yes. the way uh, powerful men might use a prostitute. Right. To get their own needs met, whatever they want, their power, their pleasure. And so this great harlot is how the dragon it's just a harlot for all the powerful systems mm-hmm. of the world, right? It represents, uh, I would say, it represents uh, the cities of the people who are against God. Yes, the cities. Mm-hmm. And, she's just, and so their cities are just being used as prostitutes, whereas our city, we are the glorious bride of Christ mm-hmm. committed to and loved and nurtured and cleansed and, and uh, fruitful. Right. So that's just, so look at it as the church... Man, God loves his church, mm-hmm. and the dragon, Satan, just uses his, his church. church. Yes. His church is the people who refuse to worship God. Right. And he will, and they, and he will use them and uh, devour them. And it, it even says uh, that there will come a time where the beast and the dragon will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. Right. Because again, she'll be destroyed, and we are ordained. Or we're committed to, and God commits to forever. His people. Yes, the demonic uses His people until they're used up, and then eats them. Right there, it is. And so uh, there's some great language though about. Did you catch uh, in regards to the beast? I'm trying to remember. I think it's verse eight, where it's was and is not. Yes, and is about and to is to come. So it, like he's tr- using the same language, like God was and is and is to come. That's yes. God, the beast or the dragon, and all these things are is not and was and, is not and is about to rise. Right. Yeah. So it's again the all that demonic have, all that Satan has, is to make counterfeits of what God has already created. It's just corrupt counterfeits, mm-hmm. which is what happens to us when, when we get enveloped in sin. Mm-hmm. We become counterfeits of who we are and who we want to be, right. and it requires forgiveness and receiving and resting in that forgiveness, the grace of God, to even begin to restore our hope yep. to be made right, mm-hmm. the true us. And then, um, I mean, so for the immediate audience, yes, John relates what is going on here is is like look 
I'm talking about Rome right now. Right. Rome is our is our beast and prostitute that we're dealing with that's making war against us. But be assured, God is in control of all things. And if you read kind of the poetry, I mean, this is almost like the Psalms and Proverbs for the the prostitute people. When we get into 18? Yes. Because mm-hmm. it's just like you're basically, I mean, if you read it all, we don't have time, but it's everything that you fear is going to happen. Yes. I'm, yeah, it's the reversal of all every psalm of the people of God, which where we get to say, we've messed up, Lord, but you have great faithfulness and are committed to us and you are our strength and our joy. Here it's, the fruit, you are fallen and you will be destroyed. I mean, everything from the fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you and all mm-hmm. your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. And but, all the people that you thought were with you, yeah, they distance themselves from you and are upset that you're no longer giving them what they wanted from you. Yes. And that's it. And so the imagery of the great harlot, and, you know, God, throughout throughout this year we've been reading, when the people of God go after idols, mm-hmm. they go out whoring mm-hmm. or a prostituting is what happens because that's the system. So for me, this these two chapters are end times, another scene of the end times, only now it is kind of like the church yeah. The churches, the, the people under these systems. Mm-hmm. One's a beautiful bride and one's a, uh, a great harlot. World mm-hmm. power versus God. And uh, I don't know, I wrote this down. So earthly power structures built around um, an idolatrous worldview, ungodly ambitions, and a opposition to God. Yes. That's and good. so um, I like that. these are, this is what is going, judgment is going to be poured out on, on these people. And for us, the comfort is... God wins. Yeah, fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. Right. So when we look around today at the structures and we have the age-old dilemma that we've been reading about, why does it seem like that evil people prosper? Why do mm-hmm. wicked people get all the good stuff? And God's message to us over and over again is uh, because they're in their kingdom right now. Right. But it is not everlasting. Mm-hmm. It is momentary. And it's my grace I'm allowing them to even enjoy these things right now. Because they are a prostitute. Yes. And at the end, a prostitute is left alone with nothing but her shame. So thanks be to God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who is, who Who was, was, and and is, is, and and is is to to come. come. The true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our psalm for today is Psalm 147, verses 12 through 20. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of the wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters hoarfrost like ashes. He hurls down his crystals of ice like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his wind blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and rules to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his rules. Praise the Lord. Boom. You've just been uh, fed by ravens on a beautiful Christmas morning. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We'll talk to you next time.